an oppressive man needs to subject others or suppress others with the intent of keeping them below him because he is too weak to stand on his own two feet or to or lacks the confidence to allow another to fully fulfill who they were created to be. Welcome to the Restoring Manhood podcast, where we are engaging men in the conversation and battle to restore manhood in today's society. If today's your first time listening to the Restoring Manhood podcast, welcome. We enjoy having new listeners. And if you are a regular listener, welcome to you as well. We are so thankful for our loyal listeners. If you are liking what you're hearing here on the Restoring Manhood podcast, I would like it if you could share this podcast. We'd like to just continue this snowball rolling because we believe that manhood is something that has been in many ways lost in today's society. And men need to start discussing and processing what it means in their own lives to do what it is they've been called to do as men who are leaders, who are servants, who stand up for the weak, and who free those who are um, around them or who they are closest to. And that's going to be our topic today. Today's topic is, in fact, how to free those around us and how to understand um, how to gain freedom in our own lives specifically oppressive manhood. There's a lot of discussion about toxic toxic masculinity or toxic manhood or the problems that manhood has caused, which oppresses others. So I thought today would be a great time to discuss what oppressive manhood is. And really that kind of it comes in a couple layers. And the way that we're going to discuss that is, is a couple ways. So first, we're going to talk about oppressive manhood in that how to be self-evaluative and how to understand how we can effectively and deliberately free those around us and assure that we are not, in fact, being an oppressive man. Also, how to identify when others around us are possibly being oppressive to us and how to stand up to that and what we need to do around that. It's kind of a weird topic and kind of a hot topic in this society in this day and age. And I'm kind of wading into some sensitive waters. I get it. But I think this is one topic that we need to talk about, one of many. And I think that understanding how we as men play a role in this and how we can ensure that we are not in fact oppressive and that how we can understand how and what tools others might be using to oppress those around them and possibly even us. So before I even get there, I would like to define oppression and even maybe get into subjection because those words are kind of hand in hand. So oppressive by definition, if you look it up, is to unjustly inflict hardship or constraint on another. And to subject someone or put someone in under your subject is to cause or force or undergo you know, something or to bring one or another thing under one's control, control or jurisdiction. So that's kind of the foundation of those two words that we're talking about. We're talking about oppression and or subjection to subject someone or to oppress someone. Now, the ways to kind of think about this are several fold. I'm going to start with being more internal, which because that is something that we can control. So a lot of times we could get into this kind of topic and go super political with it, which I might get to in a little bit, a little bit. 
But I want to start with something that you and I can control, and that's ourselves. One of the things that I've talked about often and I've written about a lot is that to be a man is really to take personal responsibility for who you are, for who I am, and to take control of my own flaws, to understand the flaws that I have so that I can take them under my responsibility, which means that I can take them under my control and work on changing them so that I can be a better man for myself and for those around me. And so the best way and most valuable and most productive way to kind of take a look at this idea is to look at it as a self-reflective man trying to improve himself. So oppressive manhood or maybe to say freeing manhood, can take several forms. And that is, and just to give some ideas, that can take take a role in the way that we parent. It can take a role in the way that we are a husband or a boyfriend, or it can take a role in the way that we lead if we are leaders, whether that's at work or just by nature that people follow us, or if it's what we do when we volunteer or whatever, or if it's in the way that we have, the way we, we work with our friends or the way that we work with our our coworkers and things like that. Understanding what oppression is and where it comes from is really, really important. So I will define oppressive manhood really quick before we go any further. An oppressive man needs to subject others or suppress others with the intent of keeping them below him because he is too weak to stand on his own two feet or to or lacks the confidence to allow another to fully fulfill who they were created to be. In other words, if I was an oppressive man in my marriage, that would mean that whether consciously or subconsciously, my wife's success or her power or her strength or her the things that she does or the attention that she might get might intimidate me or scare me or make me feel like less of a man. Therefore, instead of looking in the mirror and becoming a stronger man, I would then need to oppress her success to be a, to at a degree where I was not intimidated. In other words, I might tear her down to make myself look good. I think we've all heard the analogies of the bully on the playground is typically only the bully because they lack confidence and they lack self-assurance and something bad happened to them. Therefore, they need everyone else to look up to them by and because um, or be, by their intimidation by using intimidation factors, by using fear factors, by being toughest or scariest. They're afraid of others being better than them. Therefore, the only way they know to become the top of the ladder is to oppress other people. That's never what a man should strive for. That's never what a man should allow himself to be. In fact, this morning I was texting with my brother-in-law about this topic because I know this is a very sensitive topic and I want to make sure that I, that I give it the proper care and understanding that I need to. And I was texting um, him kind of about this and he's a, a law enforcement officer. And he mentioned really quickly, man, I cannot tell you how many guys I talk to that end up in this situation and I get called because of a domestic violence situation. And it kind of kind of shocked me or not shocked me. But it was like, whoa, you're right. I bet or I can't imagine how many law enforcement officers come face to face with men who find themselves in a position where they are now having the police called on them because of something they did. And the root is their own weakness. 
but they're what they're trying to show is power over someone else. Power over another person is not power. That's oppression. Power is when you are strong enough, I am strong enough to elevate my strength, to elevate my skills, to allow those that I am responsible for to become the maximum of what they are able to be without intimidating me. Or one who is confident enough to allow another to surpass them in many ways without trying to hold them down and to actually be proud of them. Let me give an example. I have a little girl. She's a very young little girl. My goal for her is that she becomes amazing at whatever she ends up doing. And my goal for her is for me to teach her through a million ways, which we can get into other podcasts, to be resilient and strong and talented and all of these things. But someday there might come a day when my little girl, when she grows up, surpasses me. I have to be okay with that. And I think that that's okay or easy to talk about as as fathers and their kids. You know, you want your kids to surpass you because you can take credit for that, right? But let's go down. Let's move over into, let's say, the work environment. Um, Let's say that you're a manager in a certain situation. There are people that work around you who are very, very talented, and there might be even a little bit of competition for your role. And as a manager or a leader in an organization, A man who is confident or a man who is purely self-reflected or truly self-reflective and trying to improve himself, he will be working his hardest to elevate his own skills so that those around him can become so good that it doesn't intimidate him or to elevate himself in that he is equipping those under him or those that work around him or for him so that they can become the best of theirs ability. A man who is strong and powerful understands that those that he leads must become the best that they can be for him to become the best that he can be. But I have seen so many times at companies I've worked for, or even in myself, if I'm honest, and I look back on time when I was intimidated by the goodness or the success or the talent or the knowledge of those that I worked around and I was afraid that if they elevated themselves or if my boss saw how good they were, then I might lose the limelight a little bit. So maybe I would angle a position or say something or just purely not talk about how good Sally was or Jim or when I worked with my brother, my brother, because <laughs> I wanted to. It was a it was a race to get to the top. The flaw in that thinking is that. Let's say I'm the leader in that context and there's a leader above me. If I want to succeed, I truly have to make all of those around me succeed. And the truth is sometimes, actually, many, every time you have to have people around there that are around you that are better than you at a lot of things. Because a leader understands, a father understands, a husband understands that he cannot be the best at everything. And that he has to surround himself with people that are better than him at many things and have the confidence and power and strength to allow them to show off how good they are at the things they do that are better than himself. I work with a lot of people who are way better than me than me at my role. And technically, I, I'm their boss. 
if I try to sub- subject or suppress or oppress how good they are at their things, I'm only shooting myself in the foot. And ultimately, because I work with youth and kids, I'm, sh- I'm, I'm hindering those kids from getting the best of theirs. I have to continue focusing on helping them become the best that they can be, even if that means that they become better than me at certain things and a lot of things. In fact, they better be better than me at a lot of things. They have to be because I can't be the best at everything. And we as men need to understand that, that the success of those around us, the success of our friends, the success of our brothers or sisters, our wives, our parents, our, our coworkers cannot push us or put us in a circumstance or a situation where we work to hinder others from succeeding or from their light being seen by those around us. In fact, a man should magnify the success of others. A man should be able to free the others around him to succeed. What that would do if man, if men, if we can grasp that concept, then we will be multiplying the successful, good people around us and men will become the leaders that we were meant to be. But what I see happening way too often is men that are weak and whiny and fearful and intimidated and afraid afraid of losing what they think is power. Therefore, they oppress and subject those around them to a point where those people around them never fulfill or never find or never hit their maximum because those men are afraid of not looking like they're the best. And instead of becoming the best or at least trying to become the best or fixing themselves or looking in the mirror, they point a finger at everybody else and they blame everybody else for their lack of success. A man looks in the mirror first. If others are out achieving him, he walks to the mirror and says, why are others out achieving me? He doesn't walk over to the other person and flatten their tires or go to their boss and talk trash or spread rumors or hide how good that other person is. A man who sees others around him succeeding goes in the mirror and says, what do I need to do to succeed? What do I need to do to to become what I was created to be? Sometimes that means changing course. Sometimes that means I might be in a position where this is not where I was supposed to be. This is not my strength. In fact, a man that can identify the strengths of others and help them utilize their strengths is a man who might be worthy of leadership. Because that's what leadership is. It is truly helping others succeed and elevating them to the best. Now I want to change gears just a little bit because as many of us are listening, we might be able to say, I, I could look back in time and I could say that, yeah, I've, I've experienced this too, where we might be able to listen or some of you might be listening and being like, man, um, I'm being oppressed by my boss or by name the person X, Y, Z. Now, The response to that is the exact same response that a man should have when he sees others succeeding around him and he's not succeeding it and succeeding. And that is walk to the mirror. What can I do in myself to help rectify the situation? And in my experience, often in a work situation or in a friendship situation or in maybe a marriage situation or whatever, when there is something like this happening where another is trying to hold back, hold you back from succeeding or is actively submarining you by gossiping or whatever, the way to work around this or the way to work on this is to truthfully gain the trust of that person. 
and possibly to help elevate them. Rarely is the best case to go into full out war, whatever that looks like. <laughs> and I mean, full out respond with the same kind of gossiping, anger, going to their boss, yelling, stuff like that. The, the best response, the first response should always be first look in the mirror. Okay, I feel like this person is holding me back and they really actively are afraid that I might outperform them. First step, try to earn their trust. Try to help elevate them. Try to show them that you're there to help them succeed too. And then maybe you can change the tide. And that's a really hard thing to do sometimes, especially if someone's intimidated by you. Also, it might be a situation at work where it's literally as a competition where you're, work, where you're competing for the same job. Again, the same thing goes, go look in the mirror. How can you continue to perform to your absolute highest? How can you make sure that the people that need to hear that, hear that? Can maybe you go straight to the boss of the company or something like that? The, the first step is always look in the mirror first. If you need to elevate and kind of keep going that direction or whatever, then um, if it's a job situation, maybe you need to find another job. Um, but the first step, I'm going to say it a hundred times, always look in the mirror and figure out how I can become better. How can I better present my success to those around me? How can I better help my wife be elevated to her success so that she wants me to succeed too. This is a circular thing, typically with relationships, to where if you feel like you're being oppressed by someone else, then maybe they're intimidated by you or they feel like you're suppressing them or oppressing them or whatever. So start working at helping others to succeed first. Before you go straight to the, this person's holding me back, first, see if you can try to help them succeed. Always start with yourself first, then move to the next step. Also, I kind of want to talk about as we're talking about this, this oppression thing and oppressive manhood, we can also take a step back and look at small picture or t- look at the bigger picture. The same things that work in a smaller scenario, let's say at a, at a job to where the leader is working to free those around him by trusting them, by teaching them, by mentoring them, by allowing them to grow into their capacity, the same way that can work, a bigger system can work. Let's say government. Our nation in the United States was actually founded on that principle to where the people that were in the United States had the freedom to become the best that they could be Therefore, elevating the United States as a whole, kind of like, let's say the United States government is a boat and the water is the people. As the people become better and improved and more free and successful, the boat rises with the water. That's the exact same way that fundamentally or um, systematically a an employer or a company should work. There's a story I've heard about Amazon and Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos says that the reason why other companies have not succeeded to the degree that Amazon has succeeded is because they claim to want or say that failure leads to success. And they, you know, they claim that they will allow their company to fail and learn from those failures and then succeed on the back end. The problem is what Jeff said in this interview that I read is that other companies bail too early. 
they like, okay, you can, you can do your idea and we're going to let you fail. We're, we're, we're failure leads to success. So this idea starts and it, it starts to fail for a few minutes and then immediately the plug, plug gets pulled. That didn't work. We're, we're not investing any more money in that because that was a non-working situation. However, the company didn't really actually lose any money. They just kind of like stroked an idea and it kind of started to go out and then it just failed. However, Amazon and Jeff Bezos, what he has said they have done is they have allowed, he has allowed their company and his employees the flexibility to fail miserably. I mean, I don't know if you remember years and years ago, they had this uh, Amazon phone thing that they were trying to develop. I mean, they must lost hundreds of millions of dollars, I think, on that project, but they let it go all the way through. He didn't pull the plug. He let it go all the way through and it failed. And they learned huge lessons by that. And they keep going for other things like that. I mean, I watched that company. It's impressive how many ideas that company has that don't end up working. We don't really hear about all of them, but that company will allow those failures to go all the way through to failure. What that company does or what Jeff Bezos has done then is he's invested in his employees and allowed them the freedom to fail fully and learn from their failures on their own and then to come back with better ideas and succeed. Huge. That's the exact same as how men should lead in their lives in whatever capacity leadership is, whether that's with their friends, whether that's with their family, whether that's at work or whatever, whatever capacity that a man leads or a man lives, even if he's not the leader, that man should be able to allow others around him to fail, even though he might know the right way to do things. The ultimate example that I can think of is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ not only knows all the answers to our problems, not only has he given us guidelines and rules and specific instructions as to how we should live our lives, he allows us to not live by them. And then, instead of ridicule, or punish, or cause bad things to happen to us after we don't do the things the way he said to do them, he died for us and paid the penalty of our mistakes so that we could be good together, so that he could still be connected with us, so that, so that the payment of our flaws is paid. That's mind-blowing. And if we're looking at that as an example of how to be men, this is what I learn. Men, even when we know the exact right answer, even though when we, even though or when we have given good instructions, even when we have taught others how to do their job well, even when we know the right way to do something, at some point we have to let go and allow those that we have taught to not do things perfectly the way that we want it done. And if we can see failure coming, we have to allow that failure to happen. Because what happens is those people that have gone through that failure will now have experience to tie to their failures or experience to tie to their life. And they have a knowledge of how to do it better the next time. The difference between us and Jesus is that he's perfect. He knows all the answers. None of us do. 
So even when we think we might have something perfect and we let somebody else do something another way, I can tell you I've done this a hundred times at my current job where I see something going our direction and I'm like, I don't think this is the right way to go. But if I step back and I watch them do it, it's like, oh my gosh, that wasn't my way, but it worked. I will tell you that that's going to be what happens often when we think things are going to fail. fail. Sometimes we can see the failure coming and it's okay to allow that failure to happen because what you will do is you will do two things. A, you will prove that you trust those people and B, they will learn a lesson that they now know themselves. That's not just something we told them. And then after they fail and they come back to you and they are faced with their failure, encourage them, love them through it. Awesome. Good job. You tried your hardest. You failed trying. You failed with your whole heart into it. I'm proud of you. Let's move on and do it better next time. Those people will be free to reach a level that they would never have been able to reach before if their if their boss, if their family, their husband, if their whatever had constantly been stopping them every time they thought they were doing something that wasn't right. So men, this is my point. For us as men to fully live up to who we are, we have to be men that free those around us. We cannot be oppressive. We cannot be intimidated, afraid of, or jealous of someone else's success. In fact, we need to learn how to be stoked when those around us succeed, even when they succeed above us. Sometimes that's really hard when someone gets something that you don't think that they deserve or they haven't worked hard, but we need to do that. That's what men do. Men elevate others. And I will tell you what will happen. If you, if I, if we learn to elevate others above ourselves, we will be elevated too. We will become more successful too. And you know what else? Your heart will be clean. Your hands will be clean. You will have more friends. You will have people that trust you. And these are the things that are required for us to live up to that which we were created for. So men, when you go out in God's name to elevate those around you, go out in God's name and giddy up.